We thank you, Lord, for um, your presence here and that you send your angels. And we just ask you, Lord, just to be glorified. Let, just be glorified. We welcome the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We want to worship you and we want to love you and we want to sit at your feet, Lord God. So we just ask you to fill our minds our, uh, and, and open them up in our ears and our hearts to receive that which you have to say to us today. We thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I'm grateful for each one of you that's come here. We know that it's summer, but I believe that more are coming. The Lord is not, it's gonna, they're not going to be hindered from coming to hear what the Lord has for them today. In Jesus' name. So we're honored today to have with us today Bishop and Pastor of Carmel Church, uh, Jared um, DeSoma and his beautiful wife, Michelle. Pastor Michelle, welcome them. Yes, and you know, Michelle was with us earlier, and so when we met Pastor, we were just uh, delighted that the Lord says, ask him. And so we're glad to have him today here. So, uh, but to know something about Pastor, if you don't mind me to read some of your bio, sir, <laughs> okay? He, um, uh, he is a senior pastor of Carmel Church Houston in Meadville, Texas, along, of course, with Pastor Michelle here. And, and he also has the apostolic oversight of Carmel Pistol. Is that correct? And he was a success, and has been, and still is, a successful businessman who has become a member of Rama Bible Church, one of the fastest growing churches in South Africa. You know they are from South Africa. Have you heard of their beautiful accent? Yeah, we can all appreciate that. So um, isn't your pastor Rodney Howard Brown as well? Pastor Hagen. Pastor Hagen is his, us. okay. So he also is a visionary and as an anointed uh, godly leader and speaker. And he founded Carmel Ministry International United Kingdom Carmel uh, uh, Global Ministries uh, Inc. in USA and Carmel Bible College. He presents the Word of God and the spiritual realm in a uh, practical manner that challenges individuals' lives, enlightening them and equipping people for God's destiny. He has seen, as they are together, have seen God's love, the Word, and the power of Holy Spirit demonstrated throughout their lives and the lives of countless others. Hallelujah. And as pastors of Carmel Church, he is called and, and his minister, his mission is to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So praise the Lord, right? And so the work that he leads is now reaching out into parts of the world and they are called on international to share their ministry insight and wisdom through the word of God. So they are in great demand, so we are very honored that you are here today. Thank you. And of course, you know that he'll be ministering um, a little bit longer. But we're going to go ahead and I'm not, we're going to go uh, cut the, uh, our announcements. There are some announcements that you can get off the tables over there so that we can go ahead and get into worship after we have the sounding of the shofar. So let's enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to enter his praise. His courts with praise. So if you will stand up and if Joyce will, see there she is, okay. We'll be thankful unto him. Hallelujah.
you, Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We're here to bless you, to honor you, to exalt and magnify your name, to enter in with thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord, to come into your courts with praise, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. It's for your namesake, Lord. We, we are going to sing to you this morning, Lord. We thank you that you've given us the power and the authority in your name, Lord, in your name. We thank you there's healing, there's provision. There's deliverance. Everything is in your name, Lord. We thank you that you are more than enough. You are more than enough, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Thank you, Lord, that we have eyes to see what you are doing. In Jesus' name, we enter in, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you past the point of weakness? Turn it up a little bit. Is your burden weighing you, heavy? Is it all too much? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Do you feel that empty feeling? Jesus. Desperate. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, 
him, Lord. He's going to work it out all out for our good, Lord. Thank God, my Jesus. There's power and authority in your name, Lord. Your name, your name. None like you, Lord.
from the mountains and the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Hallelujah, Jesus for my family. Your name, your name is power, your name is power.
glorified, magnified. the name of Jesus over you, in your hurting, in your sorrow, I'll ask my God to move, I'll speak the name, all that I can do. Desperation, I'll seek heaven. So intimate, so powerful. 
comes close. I've never known a love like yours. Jesus, your name. Jesus, your name is power. It's breath and living water. Your spirit guides me to the heart of the Father. Your spirit guides me to the heart of the Father. I've never felt at home like this. Just like a child, so innocent. And I'm
make room for you. We say, welcome. Come and have your way, Lord.
We exalt and magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. Come and have your way. Have your way, Holy One. We exalt and magnify you, Yeshua. We worship you in spirit, Lord, and we worship you in truth. Glory, 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 Lord. Who worthy is our God. Lord, we magnify you. In spirit and in truth, I worship you. We need your presence, Lord. We depend on you, Lord. I have to have you, Lord. Your presence. I worship you, I exalt you, I magnify you. Oh, come and have your way. Come and have your way, Holy One. 
We welcome you, we exalt you, we worship you in spirit and in truth. We humble ourselves, we humble ourselves, and enter in with worship. surround you with my light comes my light shines forth on you because I have never left you and I will never leave you look up look up because I am here and I am going before you to prepare the place that you will step into to bring my light to the nations says the Lord I am preparing that place do not fear do not walk in fear. Know that when the fear comes, I am right beside you. Amen. I am in you. I have filled you with every bit of my presence, says the Lord. And I will knock out and annihilate the presence of the enemy, says the Lord. Woo! I am never going to leave you. Amen. Never, 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 says the Lord. Because I am bringing you forth to bring others in. Yes. You are my kingdom. You are my children. You are my people that will bring in the nations to my presence. Go forth in the light, and I will be with you, says the Lord. 
Okay, so what do I need to do? I don't have to do anything? No, it's on. It's already recording? Yes. I better be careful what I say then. <laughs> huh? Okay, you're gonna put it in your pocket or you could just put it right here. Okay. You're perfect. There you go. Amen. 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 He says, now that you've been fed and watered already, and you will be more so with our guests, he's, there's one word, and that is to go. Go. Amen. Go, go, go. And give everybody else what you have. You just speak the Amen. words, and they'll have it. Amen. 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 Two-thirds of his name, go. We're going to take, uh, continue our celebration and worship with our taking the Lord's Supper. But of course, before we do that, we want to make sure that we come before the Lord and huh? ask Him to forgive us for anything. Mine was in my pocket. It was on the chair. Said, whether we know or do not realize that yeah, take this one. I'll go get another one. We want to ask Him to forgive us and wash us in His blood to make us um, righteous before Him. As we celebrate this remembrance of what Father did for us through Jesus. And if there's anyone here today, let us ever ask the Lord into our lives today. This is the day of salvation. This is the day that He's calling you and says, Come to me. You know, uh, as I was driving here today, I was. The little communion God. cups. Well, the Lord would say, He draws you to Himself. You know, He says, We should never be ashamed. I've got it. I got it, sir. He wasn't ashamed to go to the cross and be nailed to the cross naked. Shame. He took the shame for us. Amen. And he took that death 
that we deserve because sin brings death. Mm -hmm. And he calls you today that not one of us need to perish, not one of us. What did he say that he went into the bowels of hell and he stripped Satan of all of his authority and took the keys of the kingdom. And he says, I have the keys of death and Hades and he gives us the power in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. So don't ever be ashamed if you need to rededicate yourself or if you need to call the Lord and say, come into my life. Be the Lord in my life. Teach me how to make you Lord. You know, sometimes we're walking, you know, and I was thinking this as well. And I saw, the thought came to me, oh, I may be speaking to the choir, but you know, sometimes the choir needs to hear it too. Amen. Amen. To say, you know, Lord, I surrender today. Forgive me for what I've done. Uh, and help me not to do by your grace, but to live for you, not to offend you. Let me be instant by your spirit that when I offend you, that I will repent immediately. So that's what we ask right now. As Father God, we just ask you to forgive us for all Amen. of our sins or anything that has offended you. We are so sorry, Lord God. Let us be more sensitive to your Holy Spirit when we get tempted to do things that we should not, that we would not do that. Just because you've already paid the price and you've covered every one of our sins and it goes into the sea of forgetfulness. You came from heaven to pay the penalty and the price, and so we honor that. And we respect that, and we are so grateful in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. And again, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, first water baptized, we can arrange that if you've never done that. But if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, later the altar will be open. And I would say to you, you need to run to the altar. Yeah. If your language is not fluent, come to the altar yeah. and let the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It is he, Jesus, that will baptize Amen. you with the Holy yeah. Spirit, right? Yeah. In these days, we've got to realize that we're going to need him more and more. Amen. And we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and fire. So if it's not fluent for you, if you haven't come, he says come. I call you. Amen. Yeah. He is going to be our only help in these days to come. And this uh, Joanne Felix is going to come and uh, minister the, the sacrament and uh, the elements as we worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Over 2,000 years ago, the Lord met with a group of his followers in a little room to celebrate the Passover feast. And after the supper, the Lord stood, lifted up the bread, broke it, and blessed it. And he said, this is my body. Eat of it and remembrance of me. And then he said, this represents the new covenant that I make with you. He broke the bread and passed it, and they did eat. And then he lifted up the cup, and he said, this cup represents the covenant, the new covenant that is shed, that I've shed my blood for. He said, and when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We are Amen. forgetful people. 
<laughs> and we need many times something that will remind bring us, us back remind and remind us. us. Yes. So he said, until I come again, take the cup. Hallelujah. And he has passed this on and even from the upper room down to when the people ministered, the, 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 the apostles ministered this. And so now we come and we say, we will remember Calvary. Amen. 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 We will remember. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. Okay, we're going now to uh, continue our worship with Pastor Tess, and she's going to come and uh, minister the message of offering. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Glory to you. anointing on your vocals. It felt like somebody blew the trumpet. Amen. That very last song you did was like a trumpet was blowing. And the Lord told me to tell you that there was such a great anointing that he's taking your vocals to a whole nother level. That it's going to even almost scare you sometimes. So just be ready. I just want to Amen. Let's prepare for our offering. Yes. If you have not prepared, let's get it prepared. Um, if you don't have an envelope, please let us know and we will bring it to you. When we get it to you, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Someone needs an envelope over here. Amen. So we want to go ahead and prepare for the offering. Hallelujah. In Luke 6 and 38, it says, give, and it will be given to you. It says, good measure. It says, press down, shake it together, running over, will be put into your lap. Come on, y'all. Did y'all hear me say that? I said, put in your lap. It's going to be sitting in your lap. Amen. Come on, Good back, back to, to you. you. Good me. When we get ready to prepare our offering, it symbolics our seed. Whatever God has blessed you and touched your heart to give, you give. It is the seed that symbolics that you are ordaining the commandment. You are, you are, God is commanding you to do the offering, y'all. I hate to say it that way. Some folks don't want to hear it that way. But it is a command from God. Amen? Amen. And so he asks us to give our tithes to our local storehouse, but he says, give your offerings when you're getting fed, when you are, you are, in, you are taking in, partaking with others. You sow your seed. And he said, I'm going to return it back to you in your lap. In your house, Amen. in your children, in your generation. I'm Amen. Back. When you go home on a knee, God said, I remember you gave. I remember you gave. Come on, y'all. We don't look at it like that. So you can have whatever you want. 
seeds. You are a faithful and a cheerful giver. Yeah. If you ain't got no cheerfulness on it, Come don't on. give it. We don't want complaining. We don't want no murmuring spirits. And we don't want no spirits that say, this is my last, that's all I got. Give up your last like the woman in the Bible. And watch God Amen. show up for you. Amen. 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 Desperate. <laughs> 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 
gaan hoor, hulle gaan niks sê, jy maak nie met niks, moet nie praat nie, ek was baie stil daar in die ander kant, ek was baie stil, maar toe loop ek weg van die ding, en ek was my hane, en toe kan die gaan, ek Oh, it doesn't matter. Just Jerry. Just Jerry. Just Jerry. Amen. Good morning, ladies. My wife is the problem why I'm here today. Because she preached up at something about the trouble we're going through and one thing and another and, uh, and then they wanted to hear more of the story. So I'm the rest of the story. <laughs> anyway, it's really great and such an honor and a privilege to come and just share the word of God, God with you. I'm so glad to see some men here because I need a little moral support. <laughs> so just remember men, you've got to go and say the amens and the hallelujahs for me. Amen. So, uh, kind of meditating on um, what to bring today, you know, and there are some messages that is for the garden 
uh, which is the local church, and there's some messages for the vineyard, which is the, the greater body of Christ, you know. And um, this, this particular message that God had given me some time back um, is really for the garden. Because God wants to perfect in us. You know, we, we say, you know, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. And Jesus assures us of his love. But how many of you know when you were growing up as your children, and you were growing up and your parents said to you when you were about to be disciplined, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. How many of you... Anyway. anyway. Until you become a parent and then, you know, this little object that you love so dearly, you know, you've got to correct it. And, it's go and it hurts you more than it hurts them because you know it's for their good that you do it. And, you know, it hurt Jesus more than it hurt us because he went to the cross for us so that he could perfect that which pertains to us in our life. So, you know, and uh, our journey began many, many years ago through almost a failed um, a marriage relationship and, and uh, we were an hour away from the divorce courts or the divorce lawyer when God supernaturally intervened and, uh, and it's, it's, it's been Amen and thank God for praying mothers just by the way and, uh, and on fire friends you know one of the things that happened that day is that uh, you know my mother said to me go and see that friend that you used to play music together and I, you know, I still today don't know why she said me there, you know, because I hadn't spoken to her for I don't know how long. So I went past my friend and she happened to be in Bible school. And so you know, anybody that is in Bible school is full of the fire and the anointing of God. How many of you know that? And uh, when she heard, because she was very fond of us, and when she heard, we, we were, I was on my way to a lawyer's appointment. Man, she just... The Holy Ghost just came on her and she just got me on my knees and said, you're not leaving here until you are a tongue talker. <laughs> and she had me down, you know, and you know, one of those things and you, you're saying to yourself, you, you know, your mind is going, if I don't get it today, she's not going to let me get up here. <laughs> and I don't know who I'm more fearful of, God or my wife. But anyway, thank God for that. And that turned us around, went to Bible school. And, um, but, you know, throughout our life, there have been challenges in our life, you know. And, that, um, and very often those challenges is to perfect what God wants to do in us. And, um, and that's why, you know, sometimes, the, you know, we want God to do the good things for us, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes He's got to do the tough things for us. Yeah. And... Um, and it doesn't matter how you have succeeded in life or where you've come from in life. God's never finished with you until the last day and the last breath. He is going to continually work and perfect you. And when you think you've arrived, that's when, the, that's when it really starts messing with you. you know? And so um, I'll just give you a little background to, to where I'm going this morning and hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully it will help you. I just, uh, I'm laughing because, you know, you either laugh or you cry. And laughing is much better than crying. How I many of you know that? Anyway, so, uh, you know, God took us in 95, God took us to England and we established a, a, a major work in Bristol. By the way, that's where John Wesley came from. 
Um, he had his first churches in, in Bristol. Uh, George Miller also built all the orphanages. And so I was in pretty good company there. You know, I said, um, but so we built this an amazing, it was wonderful ministry. Um, you know, in terms of uh, England, it was a mega church. We had over 800 members. We had four campuses and we were just doing amazingly. And then God intervened and said, it's time I took you to the, to the United, uh, United States of America. And, uh, and I wasn't close to the idea. I've always loved Texas and I've loved cowboys and grew up with them. I love guns because in England, they don't allow you to gun, have guns. And I love killing things, you know, shooting. Yeah. These are boy things. This is how we deal with, this is how men deal with stress. We go kill something, you know. <clears throat> you know, ladies get together and they talk about it. Oh, my pain. Men go, I feel better. Okay, babe, we can carry on with this, you know. You understand? Anyway. So... so <laughs> So I wasn't close to the idea of climbing, you know. And so, of course, we came and we started things. And, um, and then in 2017, I got a prophecy. Now, we all like prophecies, don't we? We like good prophecies. God is going to bless you and going to keep you and he's going to take you and you're going to be a multimillionaire and you're going to just see the flow of God's grace in your life and it's never, it's all going to be good. How many like those prophecies? Yay, ye. My wife calls that prophylying. A prophesy, prophylying. In other words, I, I, I lie to you to make you feel better. But when God speaks, it's to purify you. And so I got this prophecy, and I'm going to read it to you. And it's found in Luke's gospel. In Luke chapter 22. My spiritual son who came... And he is, uh, he is in, in Bristol, he is in Coventry in the United Kingdom, and he was visiting with us. And he came to me and he said, Pastor Jerry, he says, the Lord's told me I've got to give you this word, but it's a, it's a hard word. I thought, I can take a hard word. Yeah, lay it on me. So in Luke <laughs> chapter 22, verse 31, it says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when once you have been turned again, strengthen your brothers. So, you know, and, and that, that prophecy came in 2017. We were just launched the church here and we started going through things. And, um, and man, you know, I thought it and I thought, well, you know, we, Michelle and I have been through such stuff, you know, what can it be? And you know, the biggest problem in our life is when we, when, when we think we've arrived, when in actual fact, we've still got a journey to do. And one of the biggest hindrances that I find a lot of times in people's lives, and, and which became a great hindrance as ours, is that we tend to want to live on our accomplishments, not on God's instruction. You know, because your accomplishment means nothing to God. It's your perfection is more interested in. Amen? And so, I, you know, I looked at that and I thought, oh, well, we'll just see what happens. And he says, but the most encouraging thing was that I've prayed for you. 
And so it reminds me as, you, as your parents are going to correct you. That is, is they, they really want to help you release that power and that potential in your life to be everything that they believe you are able to do. How many of you know that? As parents, that's what we want to see in, in the lives of our children, isn't it? And so, um, so I took comfort in the, in the fact that, but the thing that disturbed me is, was why did the devil seek permission? Have you thought about that? Because there were some things that needed correcting that was going to hinder the purpose and the potential of, of our life. And God knew that that which was I had come from or the things that I identified with or the things that had, had um, uh, given me a reputation was tarnishing the character of Christ in me. Because we can get arrogant when in your success. You can get, well, I know it all. I think I'm the best teacher. I'm the best singer. I'm the best preacher. I'm the best of everything. You know, and what you tend to do is you tend to look at other people that are faithfully plowing and you begin to look at their work and you begin to discredit them. You see, you don't know it's in there until the devil gets permission to start sifting you. Hello. And we don't want that, do we? <laughs> and and uh, he, he begins and he starts coming and he starts sifting you because you've opened the door of your soul to give him access. He can't touch you spiritually because Christ is praying for you. He's holding you. He's keeping you. He's captivating. But the enemy has come through your soul, through that thinking, reasoning realm of your life. And he now has access to you because you've given him permission. Hello. So he's given you, given permission. And so he comes in and, and then he begins to rubbish your life. And suddenly things and suddenly people and suddenly situations of people that you loved and cared for and, and who you believed were your friends that ate at your table and, uh, and, and even your children suddenly start turning against you. And then slander disrespect, dishonor, abandonment, rejection. All these things start coming hard, fast and furious at you. And you're almost reeling under the shock of it. And you, you're struggling almost to the degree to forgive because you thought and you understood and you helped that person and you picked them up when they were in the, the, the mud of life and in the midst of, and you put them on a pedestal and you helped them and you gave them a life and you gave them a future and a purpose and now they're sitting and they're eh, 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 with a knife in your back. And all the good things you've done for them. They turned against you. Anyone experience anything like that? I knew I was in good company today. I don't think anybody has ever not gone through stuff like that. Do you understand? And so, you need to understand that even though we open the door to give the enemy permission... Christ continually intercedes for us. And that's the saving grace. But we still got to do the journey from revenge 
to release from unforgiveness to blessing. Do you understand? We've got to still do that journey because the only way you're going to achieve the fullness of your potential is Christ has total release in your life. And so everything, so I wrote some things down here. I said everything that happens to us in life can either shape us or shatter us. It can also bring poverty or prosperity. It has, it has uh, no power of its own. See, those things have no power of its own until we own it, label it, and give it power. You see, I, I made a statement in the church about a month ago. I said, offense will come, but being offended is a decision. Pain will come, but giving it permission and labeling it. Rejection will come, but to feel rejected is a decision. Do you understand? So offense will come, hate will come, but you have the power because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so you must realize that pain, disappointment, failure, hurt, victories, no matter what it is, keep you out of all that God has planned for you and hinder you when you allow those things to shape you. So, and so what happens is that we begin to fall into the trap of Matthew 7, 1. The Bible says, Judge not, lest ye be judged, for with the measure you meet will be judged back to you. So, when somebody rejects you, you begin to judge them. And you fall into the trap of the enemy. And it just, because now he has an open door and he has greater permission. Hello? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hope this is helping you. I'll give, I'll give you some points here a little later. And it says here, and here's another one in Romans 8, 28. It says this. It says, and we know that God causes all things. You see, we only think of the good things, but God causes even the bad things, yes. even the hurtful things, yes. even the challenging things, even the, the hateful things. He says, and God knows, uh, he says, and, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good. So let me just pause there because I want to I just mess with your theology. You see, Oswald Chambers this morning was brilliant. I don't know if anybody reads my utmost for his highest. He was brilliant this morning. He says that when you're comfortable in the bay of your own accomplishments, sometimes God will come and sever the cords to let your ship go into the storm. So that he can perfect in you what he needs for you to do. You see? So people say, are you telling me God caused that? I said, no. But he will permit it to get you to where he desires you to be. So God, you see, so we look at that and we say, God causes. You see, Jesus didn't say to, say, say to Simon Peter, hey, Peter. You know, the devil's asked permission. Don't worry. I've got his head under my foot. He didn't say that. He didn't shield Peter, did he? And sometimes we want God to shield us. Eh, Lord, 
checking me. They're all doing this. And where are you, Jesus? And he says, I'm right here and I'm interceding for you. Well, could you do a little bit more than just intercession? <laughs> How many of you ever? <laughs> I need you to come in and kick butt here. I need you to take them out. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. And so he says, I need that. And then he, but he says, but I, I'm working. I, I'm praying for you. That you don't fail the test. You understand? The Bible says, listen, the Bible says in James 1 verse 2, count it. What does he say? Count it all joy. I want you to know when those attacks were coming, I didn't see any joy in them. I was looking at them and I was thinking... Jesus, where are you? I thought you were King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you know. And, you know. I'm getting smacked from one end to the other end, you know. Anyway, he says, uh, He counted all joy when you fall into various trials. Hey, Amen. Who did the falling? You fall. Because you've opened a door. Hey, Amen. And sometimes those doors are subtle doors. They're little doors. That we, we're not even aware that we, you know, suddenly talking to Sister Bucketmouth about Brother, you know, Doodah because he doesn't open the door and do this and one thing and another. And like the eh, 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 eh. And the devil's sitting there listening to the conversation. He said, I have permission. Boom. Do you understand? And we say, and you know, I said to somebody the other day, they said, uh, you know, uh, constructive criticism. I said, really? Constructive criticism? Well, you know what criticism is? It's a complaint without a solution. I mean, you know that. That's what criticism is. It's a complaint without a solution because they never offer a solution. They just tell you what's wrong. And I always say, so what's the solution? I, I don't know. You must work it out. Go to God. Go to Jesus. Study the Word. I said, no. If, if you found it in me, then I expect you to be part of my solution. Otherwise, shut your mouth. My definition, mine, yours truly, definition of constructive criticism. I am complaining for you to change so I can feel better. That's constructive criticism. Well, I just want to say this. And this is just, I want you to understand, this is constructive criticism. Because if you start doing this, I'll feel better. Well, you haven't helped me at all. All you've done is you put a whole bunch of garbage on me and baggage on me. And I don't find any way through. Amen. So he says, he says, he says, who God loves to the to who he called according to his purpose. Each one of us have a purpose, and in that purpose is our potential. And he goes on to say, he says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined and become conformed. Listen, to become conformed to the image of his son that he would be the firstborn among the brethren. So a lot of time, these challenges that come, that the enemy uses, because the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom? And he can only devour those that give him permission. You see? So, there I was in the midst, and we were in the midst, 
of some of the greatest spiritual battles. And we've been through it. You know, God healed our marriage. We saw our eldest daughter whose kidneys failed at the age of six. Uh, who's going to be turning 50 one of these days. Um, you know, God healed her supernaturally. She had two children. You know, we've seen miracles. God took us with no support from Africa, established the church over there, got it going. He brought us over here, gave us a house, gave us everything else. And in midst of all that, in the midst of all that, boom, the enemy came in. Because God wasn't finished with us. You understand? And one of the things that we, you know, because people say, I forgive you. I forgive you, but I don't forget. I forgive you until an opportune comes, time comes, and then I'm going to nail you. Hello? Doesn't the Bible say vengeance is mine, says the Lord? It's amazing. You know, we, we wait on the sideline to see them fail, and when they fail, we stand silently going... No? <laughs> Listen, I've been around the block. There's nothing left. God has peeled that onion, you know, that onion. And the tears that came as a result of that onion. You know, it's like the husband, he walks into the house and he sees his wife. She comes to the door and there's tears. He says, oh, my darling. He says, the Lord been working on you today. She says, no, I've been peeling onions for your dinner. Uh, he peels that. And when he peels, it's painful. But it's good. Anyway. So you want to forgive. And you know. Uh, and, and you, you want to release. And, and you pray all the religious prayers. And nothing changes. You see. If you still feel the pain of something that's done for you. It's not been forgiven. Because a lot of times people say, come to me and, the, you know, especially at the altar, Pastor, I'm really struggling. I forgave my mother, I forgave my dad, I gave my sister, I forgave her. But why do I still feel the pain? Because that you have not forgiven them. You still hold them in judgment. And the love of God cannot penetrate you to deliver you and release them. Are you with me? So, I, during all of these things, to, uh, to forgive means to grant a pardon or remission of an offense or a debt. Forgiveness requires you to give up the claim on account of the debt hurt. Forgiveness cleanses us from feelings of resentment that hurt and disappoint us. You understand? So, during that time, I was listening to the radio and a secular song came up. And by a very well-known songwriter who had gone through a bad experience. And in the song she wrote, I forgive you, but I really want to thank you. Because in you doing what you did, you taught me and showed me things in me that empowered me, helped me, uh, was causing me pain. You see, sometimes when bad things happen to us, we just see the bad. We don't see that, the, that we can come out stronger, that we can come out more in faith, that we can come out believing, that we can come out and trust in God. And during that difficult time, one of the things that would come against us, God said to me, open not your mouth, 
because I was ready to vindicate myself. I was ready to write that letter and that email and send it smoking through the, through the internet. Who do you think you are? And the Holy Spirit said to me, and he opened not his mouth. Shut your trap. Say nothing. I'll vindicate you. Man, that's hard. That's hard when you know. You know, it's like somebody comes and accuses you of something and you know you didn't do that. And you want to justify yourself. And God said, I'm taking care of business. Because not only am I working in you, I'm working in them. You see, we forget that God works in the opposition. You see, when I was going through my patent, I had a patent dispute. Uh, maybe I shouldn't go in there because that's another whole story. Um, in, in the patent dispute, one of my employees who worked for me pinched my ideas and then went and sold in opposition to me. Morally, I got so angry. My mother said to me, don't go to court. The Bible says you must not go to court. I said, God gave me the idea, I've got to defend it. Since when does God need your help to defend what He gives? Do you understand? But in your arrogance, in your pride, in your self-sufficiency, in your... You're going to go and take them out. And what happened? We got to the, the main uh, high court and they ruled against me. That's when you wake up. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, you were wrong to take them to court. They have a right to earn a living which you were denying them. I said, but he stole my patent. And God said, could I not give you more? And did I not give you more? And he did during that whole time. He did. So I eventually found them, found the, in, the guy. And I went to him and I said, I want you to know, I release you from this whole thing. You can, you can take the, the, the things that, that you took from me, and you can take them, you can have them, and go and earn a living. Yeah. And then we, because we appealed that decision, went to the high court in Bloemfontein in South Africa, the high court, and the high court ruled us right back to day one. And my lawyer said, what do you want to do? I said, Nothing. I'm out of here. And out of that came God speaking to us, moving us to the United Kingdom, blessing us with a ministry over there. But while that was going on, I was stuck in the place of my pain. Yes. Come, on. Yeah. Come on, God wants to, yeah. wants to get you out of that cesspool of self-pity. Yeah. Come on, because a lot of times we think, oh, but, so -so, but they betrayed me, they did this to me. They did this. Forget about that. Look what Jesus has done for you. Amen. You understand? Anyway, so this song came up. I forgive you, but I really want to thank you. So, you know, when, when that uh, kind of hit me and I began to think about that, I said, well, you know, okay, Lord, I can learn. So God said, don't vindicate yourself. I'll take care of business. Even in you know, my, my daily walk, I'd walk. He said, I'll take care of business. Man, did he take care of business. Only God. But anyway, but I still had to go through. There were some things that I had to learn. So, you can write these down if you want. They're like four statements. Every jolt of pain, disappointment, betrayal, of disappointment, betrayal, false accusation, lies, cruel intent, reminds me or reminded me that I've not yet fully died to self. Because if I'm, if I'm paining, it means there's still too much of Jerry and not enough of Christ. 
because Christ took my pain upon the cross. We just did it in communion. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was wounded for our iniquity. He was bruised. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of his peace, of our peace, the chastisement, the punishment of our peace was put upon him and by his stripes we were healed. So why do I feel the pain? Because maybe I'm not fully died yet. You know, we quote, we quote uh, what's that, um, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Come on, we Christ lives in me and the life I now live. Oh, hallelujah. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Shandaka Rabakuta. I'm having more fun. You understand? And then the pain, and then we think about it. You know, just the other day, we, you know, someone was asking about some of those experiences. And, and as I was walking a few days ago, it all came back. And I'm thinking, where did it come from? Why did I go and resurrect the dead Jerry? Amen. Why did I go and resurrect him? Because if you're feeling pain, pain you've just resurrected the old man. Because the old man feels pain. The new man doesn't. He said, but I have feelings. That's your problem. You live in your feelings, not in your faith. Hello? And we live in our feelings and we feel this and I feel that. That's why when, I'm also very careful when people say to me, I feel the Lord leading me. I said, God doesn't lead by feelings. He leads by revelation. Uh, hello. I hope this is helping somebody. So, the thing that helps when you feel that jolt of pain, it means that, you know, and when I felt that jolt of pain, I said, Lord, what does that mean? He says, he says uh, you, have removed, you have removed Christ from the center of your heart and you've put yourself in the throne room of your heart and you're feeling sorry for yourself. Self-pity is the worst, most despicable thing uh, in, in, the, in the nostrils of God. Because you're basically saying what you're going through, Christ couldn't deal with. That's right. And I thought, man. You know, and every time that jolt of pain comes, I'm reminded, you know. I'm reminded. And, you know, so we confess Galatians 2.20, but yet we live <laughs> Ephesians 4, 20, uh, 4. Let me go to Ephesians 4.33, I think it is. So we, we confess Galatians 2.20, but let's go to Ephesians 4. And Ephesians 4 says, 30, says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, he's talking to believers here, wrath, clamor, anger, slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another. What do you, I've got to be kind to them. Yes. That's what dead people do. Yeah, you go to the grave. It's very peaceful in the graveyard. It's true. So be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Okay, Lord, I need to live in Galatians two twenty, not in Ephesians four thirty. 
Because if I live in Ephesians 4.30, I begin to grieve the Holy Spirit. I begin to give permission to the works of darkness to come in and begin to rubbish me and hinder me and hinder my progress and ruin the presence of Christ in my life. And, when, and then I begin to remove Christ from my heart and put self on there. You know, I call it the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. You know, because we live in an age, in the 21st century, we live in an age, it's all about me, the me generation. Me, I have a right. I have this, and I demand, and I want you, and this, and I want you to call me they, and not the he, and then the she, and everything else. <laughs> Do you understand? Because who's on the throne room of their heart? It's, it's Satan himself. And he's rubbishing their identity. He's rubbishing their potential. He's rubbishing their purpose in life. And they're having these operations and castrating, chemically castrating our kids. And we just sit back idly. We say nothing about it. Do you understand? Because we've not taught them their identity in Christ. Anyway, that's another story. I don't want to. So every jolt of pain, every time when the disappointment, but how could he? I thought he and my children and why? And God said, but didn't you see what my apostle wrote in 2 Timothy 3? But realize that in the last days, difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unreconcilable, malicious, gossip without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pressure rather than a lover of God. Boom! That's where the problem is. And then he says, holding a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So wow, Lord. And so, when you don't expect somebody to do something, that's what puts your God down. And so God said, have no expectations. Yeah, amen. No, Lord, how can you not have expectations? Surely we should have some expectation. And then, and then you know, Jesus took me to, uh, the Holy Spirit took me to Luke 6. And it says here, is it Luke 6? I better get Luke 6. He says here. He says, if you lend, verse 34, if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back. But love your enemies and do good and lend. Expect nothing in return. So, my release and my forgiveness must have no expectation attached to it because if it does, it just opens another door for another jolt of pain. So that was the first thing. That was the first thing. Oh, okay, Lord. Okay, I got that one. Thank you, Lord. I, I want to thank so-and-so. Thank you. You just taught me something. I haven't been dead. And you're right. I should have died. And if I did, then what you said wouldn't have affected me. But the pain came. And so I realized I have not fully died. Second thing he said to me, every rejection, that's how I wrote it, every rejection reminds me that I've misplaced my value and think of myself more highly than I should. Wow. Wow. You know, the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 3, you know, everyone has received a measure of faith. 
He says, do not think of yourself more highly. You can think highly, but don't think yourself more highly. And when we think of ourselves more highly, we begin to compare. Well, I wouldn't do that to them. You've just judged. Boom, you've opened the door for permission. Boom, now the enemy has a free reign with you. Am I visiting your home? I'm kind of sitting at your table just messing with your theology, aren't I? Huh? I would never do that to them. Really? See, betrayal is a, is a tough one. It's one of the things that I, I struggled many years for because as a, as a youngster, I had some experiences of betrayal. And it really shaped me. And so I would put no trust in anybody. Wouldn't trust anybody. God says, and, and, and that, when that came to Christ, it was the same thing. Thank you for your salvation, Lord. I really appreciate the blood of Jesus. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit, and your word that gives me power and authority. But I just don't trust anybody. <laughs> God had to break that in me. So every new person I meet starts with a clean slate. I don't care for your history. I don't care for your accomplishments. I don't care for them. How you write on it will determine our way going forward. Do you understand? So I had elevated myself to the throne of self-centeredness, self-indulgence, self-sufficiency. That God needed to break down so that I would be Christ-centered, Christ-sufficient. And so, <laughs> I was truly thankful. You know, really thankful. So I'm thankful that you showed me who I really am. I forgive you, but I'm thankful that you showed me who I really am. Self-conceited, self-righteous, self-indulgent, self-deified dumb fool there's only a fool who do dumb things like that you know my, my, my acronym or my definition of sin is self-indulgent narcissism mean an excessive love for self so all sin is an excessive love for self we see that in 1 John in 1 John 3 it says the lust of the flesh the, the lust of the eyes and the Pride of life, self-indulgent narcissism. I love me more than I love anybody else. And I want you to all to give me accolade and love me. Because I'm just so wonderful. So marvelous. So, so every rejection reminds me that I have misplaced my value and think of myself more highly than I would. Here's the third one. And I know none of you have done this. When I walked away from what I considered abuse, I've seen how little resilience and endurance there is in me. You see, the word abuse is really subjective. Because one person's abuse may not be another one's. It's all subjective. Because I was abused. Well... You know, now if you're physically in danger, I understand, then you need to protect yourself. But there is a lot of times what we consider abuse, which is not abuse. 
It's subjective based upon where we are and how we do. And so when I think you're an abusive person and I walk away from you, I've now showed how little resilience I have and endurance to believe God can make a difference in me and you. Hello? Do you understand? And, uh, you know, and sometimes we see these people that have harmed us in a shopping center and they're coming down this aisle and we make sure we go to the other aisle. I know none of you do that. This is me. Just, that's just me. Uh, only me. I, you know, I duck and dive. I don't, want, I don't want nothing to do with him. And so we duck down the other. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. Blame my wife for bringing me here. So, I, 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 I forgive you, but I really want to thank you because you just exposed how little endurance, because the Bible says, you know, James 1, uh, James 1 verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, that, uh, that the testing of your faith, that means your relationship with God, forsaking all I take Him, that your relationship with God, and let Patience, endurance, have its perfect work that you be complete, lacking nothing. You know, every person you cut out of your life, there's, there is less opportunity for your potential to be realized. You see, we don't want to hear that. But you don't know my mother-in-law, or you don't know this situation, or you don't know that person. He knows them. But by removing yourself from them, you never have an opportunity. But every time I come up to them, they're eh, 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 on me. Just speak Jesus. We, we sing the song. I speak Jesus to the mountain, Jesus to the darkness, Jesus to the cats, Jesus to the trees. Except for you, I won't speak Jesus. Am I, am I right? Because we said, I speak Jesus for my family over every situation. I speak Jesus. And then, so when you come, and it's difficult, speak Jesus. Just speak Jesus. We sing the songs, but we don't do the reality of it. And so when they come into your presence and they start, you say, you know, you know I've got to tell you, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So you start giving your time. You can't believe what Jesus just did for me and Jesus revealed to me. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They're out of that door as fast as they came through it. But you've, op- you've kept them and you're enduring in that res- re- resilience and power to overcome. Do you understand? Because when we remove ourselves, we remove the opportunity to have Christ work in their life. So sometimes, you know, my wife says to me sometimes, Michelle says to me, how can you keep enduring that? Well, I know the word works. I know the word works. And you know what? If I'm resilient and patient enough, and I don't allow them to determine... Me being removed from them. And I'm, talk- now, I'm not talking about physical where you threaten your life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, because just that relationships. That maybe one day, just one nugget, just one word of truth can hit them in the right spot and produce the result that God wants. Amen. So you know what? 
I'm going to keep there. I'm going to keep preaching the word. I'm going to keep enduring because I will be complete lacking nothing. Because that's the promise. Because when, when, when we started going through that whole thing from 2017 and it, and it only really ended in 2020, in November 2022, we now have the breakthrough. You see, people say to me, why did it take so long? Because I'm stubborn. It could have taken, it could have taken 40 days. It took Israel 40 years. You understand? It's because we're stubborn. We believe we have a right. We believe we've got to fight. We believe we've got to kick butt. We believe we've got to do this. Do you understand? I'm like, do you understand? You see, the Bible says it took 11 days. The journey from Israel to, from Egypt to Israel was 11 days. It took them 40 years and a whole generation to die. I don't want to die in a generation and not fulfill the promises that God has made available. Do you understand? And so when we, when we walk away, we are basically saying we don't have the resilience, we don't have the know-how, we don't have the power, we don't have the ability of God working in us to enable us and empower us. And then we lack. So I'm thankful that you are teaching me, person that, that is abusive, that you are teaching me to endure and never give up. See, winners are people who never quit. Dr. Ed Cole wrote an amazing book, Winners are People Who Never Quit. And so if you never quit, you'll always win in the end. People say, well, what happens, what happens, you know, if you die and it never gets resolved? You win. You're in the presence of God. You're a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner for Jesus. I'm a winner. Here's the last one, and then I'll release you, and we maybe pray for some of you and help you. So this was the other. I forgive you, but I really want to thank you. Because when I withheld doing good to you and others, I realized that I'm withholding from myself. See, our sister was preaching good things. She says, give, and she'll be multiplied back onto you, good measure, pressed down, running over. So that means for everything. Doesn't just mean finance, it means your time, your talent, your treasure, your opportunity, the ministry of your word. The more you give out, the more God gives back to you. You know, one of the things that I learned very early as a, as a believer, when God showed me a revelation, I gave it away. Because if I didn't give it away, new revelation couldn't come. And so the faster He gave it, the faster I gave it away. I would write, I would tell people how to overcome, how to empower, how to operate that seed, how to push through, how to succeed. Every time God spoke to me, gave me a revelation. I did, you know, uh, about six months ago, I'm, I'm sorry, am I taking too long? You've got to go to work. Well, let me just pray for you. Father, we just love you. We just thank you for this precious soul that's got to go and do labor. And may your bring joy in your labor and blessing. And go in the joy of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Didn't want you to miss out on anything. Okay, where was I? What was I saying? Uh, oh, number four. Okay, so doing good. 
So, uh, oh, our sister was busy saying, you know, and that means for everything. When you are sowing your seeds and when you are going out and doing good, you're multiplying. So when you withhold your time, so when somebody says, you know, I think I've messed up and I need to come and talk to you and I want you to forgive me. I, I never say, you know, I forgive you. I say, you've already been forgiven the day you did it because I dealt with it then. You don't, need to, you don't need to apologize. You don't need to say forgive me because I want you to know my heart is already positioned to embrace you. I never withhold. My wife and I, even the people that did some of the, the, the worst things to us and especially try to, to, try to kill our, our ministry and our reputation and everything else, we pray for them every day. Because I know one day they're going to come down that road and I need to be like the father that ran yes. and embraced them. Yes. You notice he didn't wait for the son to come and sit there and say, Yeah, get on your knees, you foul disgrace. You just messed up. Who do you think you are? You left me and you... Be he didn't. As he was coming down, he came running to him and embraced him. And then, and yeah, here's the key. He took his robe yes. and covered his shame. You see, they might come and say, you know, really forgive me, I messed up. Yeah, you know, we need to talk about it. There's nothing to talk about. He has the robe of righteousness. Yeah, let me cover your shame. Hey guys, come look here. Look who's here. This is my beloved son who's returned, who was dead, who's returned. Do you understand? Not what, this is the, the you remember that story I told you about that guy? And how what a rubbish he is. Well, he just came through the door now, you know. I, I, I just want you to know, he's got to prove himself. Prove yourself. Prove yourself before I'll let you anywhere near me. Really? Well, you ain't dealt with it then, did you? Hello? <laughs> I don't know say... He said, you got to work. you got to work it, baby. I want you to, I want you to work it. you got to keep working. <laughs> and the father didn't do that. father said, hey, bring that big fat calf that we were busy preparing. Let's cut that little sucker up and let's have a party. <laughs> huh? Anyway. You know, the most powerful thing in that passage of Scripture that Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, the enemy is seek permission. And he says, but when you have come, I'm praying for you, and when you've come through, it's not for your benefit. Strengthen your brothers. So every experience is to strengthen others in their journey. And so our journey was here and the things we went through was to help. That's why I said some, some messages are for the garden and some for the vineyard. This is a vineyard. So many broken people sitting in churches not knowing how to deal with the hurt, the pain, the rejection, the betrayal. And God says, release my wisdom. Release the things that you've learned to empower them to do life. And so... I am thankful, listen, you know, in, in just in, in closing, you know, I am thankful that God did not withhold himself from me and love can achieve the impossible. My unforgiveness was greatly hurting me more than the wrong 
that was done to me. I'll try that again. My unforgiveness was hurting me more than the wrong that was done to me. Amen. You see, when Joseph was thrown into prison, and uh, he was first sold into slavery, then thrown into prison, lied about by his employer, thrown into prison, forgotten there. And uh, years later, his, all his brothers, uh, he, he became the instrument of their deliverance, didn't he? Yes. And they came to him and they were fearful. And he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so sometimes we go through things and we think that God's abandoned us and left us and we don't know where He is, but He is working for us. He is working in us to work through us because He has somebody else in mind that He wants to help and deliver because He loves all His children. Amen. You get something out of that? Father, we love You. We are grateful. Amen. We are grateful today once again, Father, for Your love and Your mercy. You pour so generously and abundantly upon us. Father, again today, we humble ourselves before you, knowing that perfect sacrifice of Christ on Calvary enables us to have access into the throne room of your grace. Again today, Lord, we pray that, Lord, that not one person may miss the opportunity of experiencing that amazing grace that comes and delivers us out of the snare of the fowler, out of the claws of darkness, out of the destruction of the enemy and delivers us into the presence of your throne room to experience your grace, your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, your strength, your spirit, and to be able to do life and do it well with you. So today again, Lord, I pray every heart and every mind ready to understand and receive what you've purposed and planned. Right now where you are, let me just say this to you, head bowed. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, then today is your opportunity to receive Him as Savior. You might have been invited to this meeting. I don't know anybody here. You might have been invited, but you've never made a public declaration to Him as Him being the one that forgives you and empowers you and the one that shed His blood for you. If you've never said a prayer like that, I want to help you. Because the Bible says in, in uh, Romans 10 verse 8, it says, Faith is near you in your mouth and in your heart, that if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your God, that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart we believe and with the mouth we confess. There must be a public confession of your faith. So today, if you've never said a prayer like that, just quickly raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in that prayer today so that you can know Christ, not only as Savior, but also as Lord and also as friend and an enabler, the one that enables you to do life. If that's you this morning, just quickly raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I've been through stuff and I don't know how to deal with it and I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, look at me now. I don't know if my wife has got something as I've been ministering. Anyway, <clears throat> if you recognized yourself in any of those things, or you're going through any of those things, I want to pray for you this morning. And my prayer is simply to say, I'm coming into agreement that you break through the pain, 
the disappointment, the rejection, and the things, and you get your heart and your mind focused upon Jesus as the author and finisher of your faith. Because my prayer ain't going to do squat for you while you give the devil permission. And you've got to shut the permission of the devil so that Christ can be manifested in you. Amen. Amen. So if, 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 you, if that's you, just stand to your feet. I, I'm just uh, going to lead you in a prayer. Just stand to your feet if you believe that you need Christ in you. That you've gone through stuff. Because sometimes people say to me, I never realized. You see, and the first thing you must do, now, I, you know, I forgive you, but I really want to thank you. Thank all the ones that stabbed you in the back. That betrayed you. That lied about you. That gossiped about you. Thank them. Say, I really thank you. Because you know what? The revelation that I'm not entirely dead yet. That I have not yet broken through yet. And that today is my day. Today I draw the line in the sand and say, Devil, no more. No more. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know what joy means? Jesus, the acronym for joy. Jesus only you the joy Jesus only you I thank you Jesus even in my most ugliness meanest ugly state you reached out to me you never withheld yourself from me even when I lied about you you never got angry with me raise your hands towards heaven say heavenly father I thank you today I come and I humble myself before you and repent for holding judgment and unforgiveness in my heart towards others. The bitterness I release today in Jesus' name. The pain I give it to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. The resentment I remove from me in Jesus' name. I shut the door. I remove the permission that I've given the works of darkness. And today, I take authority for my life back from the works of darkness. Today, I declare Jesus is in the throne room of my heart. I have been washed in the blood, cleansed from all unrighteousness. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. I release the past. I forget about the past. I move into the future. I move with Christ. The resurrected one lives in me. And I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who saved me, delivered me, healed me, and causes me to triumph. Today, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your empowerment. I receive all that heaven promises me through the work of Calvary in Jesus' name. Now right now where you are, praise Him. Right now, praise Him and thank Him. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 God is... God, I just want to relate what that sister said. It, it's, not, it's, it's about the anointing. You carry the anointing yeah. to bring people. I, I was standing there and then you went into 
that time of worship and I nearly fell over. I thought, man, what's going on here? You know? I want you to know, just, just remember, it's not about the song. It's about the new song. The song that God has given you inside you. They will release people because it's when you sing the new song that things are going to happen. Yeah, we can sing the songs with the words. When we sing the new song, and allow that new song to begin to declare prophetically things in your life. I just want to relate with that, what that lady said. Amen. Amen. You're doing a great job. I just want you to know that God is going to increase this. It's going to grow. Be ready. Be ready. Your hubby at the back there, you, you just better be ready. You're going to be doing a little bit of traveling and a whole bunch of more things. So, because you carry something to help other ladies Breakthrough and enter. Amen. And then that lady over there with home on your thing. I just felt God was busy really working in you a whole bunch of stuff. And, and the Holy Spirit said, don't be concerned about how it's going to work out. He's going to work it out for you. It's just going to, it's going to be a breakthrough. And you're going to look back and think, man, how did that all happen? And, 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 and everything that you thought could never happen... God's going to put it right. But just allow Him to do it. Don't try to figure it out, work it out, and, and He will do it. I just felt very strong. God was, as I was ministering, I just saw Holy Spirit on you and He was busy doing some things for you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Just stretch your hands before yeah. well, he bless, he's blessed yeah. us. So, Father God, yeah. we just thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you, the mighty work that you're doing in them and that you're continuing to do. We thank you, Lord, that they walk in their anointing, even their double anointing on fire of the Holy Spirit. And they flow out. So, Lord, I ask you, as they have flown out, fill them and strengthen them and fill them again over and over and open up doors of favor to them. Wherever they walk, they claim for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, that new opportunities are coming. Amen. Bless them not, uh, uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. you have something you want to say? Had your permission, can I share something with you from the Lord? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. There's the reason I'm here this morning. <laughs> I had two other conflicts in my schedule, but I had to come here for you. And the Lord just wants to say to you that He's getting ready to do a new thing. Before it springs forth, He's already told you of it. And it's a paradigm shift. It's so different from what you might be doing now. But just receive what he's getting ready to bring into your pathway because it's for his glory. Amen. 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 Bless you. Thanks, Trudy. Thank you. Please pray for us. Thank God that we're not going to give the devil any permission anymore. Amen. No more. We're going to be aware that unforgiveness hurts us more than it helps us and so we're going to let it go. No offense. We're letting it go in Jesus' name. Amen. But if there's anyone that needs prayer, uh, the altars will be open. Is that yep. okay? Yes. Yep. We're going to open the altar if anyone would like to come up. But the, other than that, um, I'm going to ask David. Come on up, David. Let's uh, you know, bless them and those that need to leave will can be released. But please um, stay and pray for those that need to pray. For two years Extend your hand and, you know, and my neighbor as well. Uh, she worships, you know. And, May the Lord and bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon each and every one of you and give you his peace, the peace that surpasses any understanding you have of what peace should be. In Jesus' name I pray. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.